recording. All right, crack on. Hang on. No noise in the background, no drinking tea. Can't put she a was... cup of tea next to me and expect me not to drink it. You've also got to stay near the mic. Is that? That's better. Okay. I'm just trying to find my notes. I'm here with Genevieve. I think you're the longest. I don't know if you're the longest. No, you're, you're um, husband known him for longer in the development space i'd say it's pretty far up there in terms of knowing you so do you want to just introduce yourself tell us a little bit about what you do and where you're from and stuff like that sure i'm genevieve i work for shipper hq i'm the cto at shipper hq i'm from perth where we currently are perth western australia i have known karen as she said for a really long time we used to work together in fact it was my first job in tech at reuters I don't know if we speak about specifically where it was. Yeah, I started there in the graduate program and then Karen was, after I finished the graduate program, my first manager and been in tech ever since. Love it. I wasn't your manager. No, you were my team leader. Sorry. Yeah. Team lead? Yes. I wasn't the tech lead? No, weren't you both? I was the team lead, was I? Yeah. That's how you saw me? You were my team leader. Did you think I was a lot older than you? Yes. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> not not in age, in in experience and ability. Yeah, so your route into uh, tech, as I remember, because my memory of, of you, and you should tell us, and actually you should tell us your memory of the first time we ever met. Because we we, we've gone through the yoga thing, so yeah. we won't go over that again. No. So I worked with your husband, mm-hmm. so that's the backstory there. So I knew yeah. you before we actually worked together. But let's talk about the first time we ever met. What's your view of that day? I don't remember... The first time I ever, ever met you, I knew of you through Paul, obviously my husband at, at the time we weren't married, but you were his tech lead, team lead. Appreciate the respect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember the first time I met you, met you, but one of my earliest memories of you was at like a town hall meeting. I think it was Tom, what was his name? The CEO of Reuters at the time, Tom someone. Yeah, Tom Glosser. Mm-hmm, Tom Glosser. He'd flown in on his Concorde flight from New York to give a town hall at Meridian House, I think it was, and we were downstairs, the like whole office, hundreds of people there. Karen waltzes in with her little posse, stands in the back <laughs> and starts <laughs> hitting know. up the CEO with all the hard questions making him sweat. That was my first memory of you. I don't think I worked with you then I think I was on another team in the same department so pretty much nothing's changed right (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't we haven't shared this story (laughs) you've thrown me off I have to go away and think about that one I do yeah I do remember that actually in the basement with Tom yeah there were some few things that went on somebody dared me once to go up and hug him and then uh, Uh, do you remember that yeah yeah Yeah, that was kind of funny my memory of you is in Didcot Oh, yeah. I don't know how we got there. My first kind of memory of you in a work capacity, apart from being the girlfriend of Paul, mm. was in Didcot when you and this guy Shrini come in, sat down, opened up your laptops. And this is my memory of you. <laughs> and you have to understand first impressions and all that. I don't think I was that tolerant then, to be honest. And I, I kind of, this is what I remember. I remember saying, all right, so we're going to be doing some, you know, visual C++ or VB today and, like, we're going to need to dig into this project, blah, blah, blah. And you and Trini just gazed at me with this really bad face. 
and then it was clear that you didn't understand what I was talking about. And then we, I was like, all right, let's just roll back a little bit. And I think, and I remember, and I think you dispute this. I, my memory is that you said, I said to you, do you guys know even what a bloody registry is? And you both turned around and went, no. See, I would dispute that. But this is my memory. <laughs> <laughs> and I basically then went and sat down, put my head in my hands and like. thought, oh my God, what have they given me? Yeah. And that was it. But then carrying on from there, maybe you can explain it, a project. I think it's worth explaining that project because it was so funny, our <laughs> difference in personas as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So the project was at like a third-party supplier, I suppose they were, to Reuters, who'd been contracted for more than 10 years, is my memory, to look after a really key piece of software to this company, financial trading software. And so they had this small office in this small town in England where everyone there just worked on this one product and they'd basically lost the contract. And so our job was to go and suck all the knowledge out of this team of people who were about to lose their jobs of this very complicated, quite archaic architecture, convoluted in a really fixed short period of time. Yeah, and so that's what we did. Lots of charts and architecture documents and reading code and pop quizzes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so they had the quizzes, but I mm. think well, I think there was a couple of things I remember from that. One was after a, a set period of time, and it wasn't that long in, you started beating me on the C++ test, and I realised I had to kind of eat my words on the registry side. <laughs> so although you didn't have the knowledge, you were a pretty damn quick learner, which was played out, right? I definitely think that played out. And yeah. then the other thing I remember was, and we were talking about this the other day, what a nuisance we were, because me and you, would they would try and sort of, it was basically like a training session. Mm-hmm. And I would say what most we survived was about 10 minutes in, and then we would sort of stand up and go, hey, can you just roll back a little bit and explain that? And then we would start, I remember us taking over the whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody else in the team would be, because there was a lot of people there from, there was people there from Thailand. I think there were some people there from India as well. Mm-hmm. There were different cultures in the room and they were, they tended to be a little bit quieter than us. And yeah. we were very disruptive. Yeah. And, the, and it was That's primarily fair. me and you that were disruptive. But at the end of it, we understood it really well. Yeah. And then the other thing I remember is one day coming in to find out that you'd gone to the boss and basically said, I don't really like working here. They're all going to lose their jobs this is a really bad situation. I'm not very happy. Something like that went on. And then I had to basically grab you by the scruff of the neck and say, get on with your work, get over it. Yeah. Not our problem. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I think that's probably played out throughout our careers. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So then we'll roll forward a little bit because it is, in a way, this is a a story of mine and yours journey along, right? So you left, you left Reuters. Mm -hmm. I I did. I stayed and had children. Mm -hmm. I left and had children. And then what happened? Because you were in London at that point. Yeah. So I left Reuters. um, Yeah. I I alluded to it. I started on the graduate program there and was my first job in tech. And I didn't have a, a degree in IT. And I think up until probably like a long time into my career before I realised that that wasn't a handicap anymore. It took me a long time to get over it. What was your degree in? I have a degree in science. I majored in pharmacology and molecular biology. 
so really associated to what I do now. <laughs> I loved it. It was fantastic intellectually, but yeah, not a career for me. Anyway, so I, I moved on from Reuters, went to UBS, which is a large Swiss investment bank, worked there for a while, and then I had kids. And then I suppose, I, well, I moved back to Australia and did the whole cliche you of... some land, didn't you? I yeah, we that. built a house and, yeah, just did the nice happy families for a not very long, couple of years, and then Karen pinged me on email or phoned me up and just said, oh, I'm just finishing up my maternity leave and I've started doing this little thing called web shop apps. I need a hand. Are you busy? <laughs> and that's kind of how it started. But I think the thing for me and uh, the defining thing for me was when I first started web shop apps, one of the things I realized quite quickly was that well, there's a couple of things, really. One was that there was a lot of peripheral work that I saw. I don't know if this is how it kind of played out, didn't it? That there was a lot of stuff outside of shipping, and I quite quickly realised that I couldn't. I had to focus on shipping because it was so busy. And I saw an opportunity there for somebody to come in and do that work. And then the, the other side of it was that I knew that you were a bloody good developer, one of the best developers I knew. And I knew that in a work relationship, we got on really well. Like yeah. we, we, we coordinated really well. I felt that, you know, that there was an opportunity there. And I think at the time, my kids were, I don't know, like, I feel like this was, what, 2009, 10? Mm-hmm. So they would have been, what, two and four? Mm-hmm. Around that age when, when we, 2010, no, about three. I think when I come over with Lloyd, he was three because yep. he was a rascal, yeah? Yeah. And yours were a little bit younger. Yeah. So a year we were, or two younger yeah. yeah so we were kind of we had the kid thing going on mm. but this was a nice little side hustle yeah and I think at the time I wasn't looking for you know jump feet first back into full-time work I'd really kind of lovely honeymoon period of being a full-time mum yeah so I was ready to kind of ramp up slowly so it worked out perfect because you only initially the job was non-shipping, so you took we mm-hmm. split the extensions a bit, didn't we? We yep. did do a bit of shipping, and then we split them. Yeah, yeah. I, my recollection was working on the shipping stuff as like a kind of piece of work to do for you, but the other stuff is ended up being what I owned. Yeah, and then I think well, it was when Magento Go come about mm-hmm. that we saw some complication in one of us doing one like we were crossing over too much and we mm-hmm. wanted to keep it separate yeah and that's how that strange company come back <laughs> you need to explain it <laughs> well so yeah so then I I had basically a little pile of extensions I would be able to sell under my own brand so that was blue jalapeno try and say it Karen I can't say it <laughs> I can't say it at all that's why I said that funny little company and it's not spelled it's, it's spelled You live in America. Well, yes, it has a double P because it's app. Okay, that's the thing. So that's your uh, Twitter handle as well. Yes, it is. So you basically were selling M1 extensions actually via the webshop app site initially. That's right, yeah. And then did you go off and do your own store? I can't remember. No. Okay. So and then we were kind of paying that back. That's right. I'm sure I was taking a cut of that as well somewhere along the way. Yeah. Thanks. You still do. <laughs> <laughs> do I? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry about that. No, it's good. You make me sound ruthless and all this. No, you host my sales. It's fantastic. So first of all, I do saying, nothing and get like a check. I, I have no. <laughs> that site doesn't cost a lot to run. Trust me. Is that true? Yeah. 
Oh my god! I, I think didn't it. it. I, I couldn't tell you how much it'd be, but yeah, yeah. So we both were writing M one extensions, and then I think you were doing part time, so quite. I don't know what it was, twenty hours or so. I don't know. And then uh, there was a point where webshop apps become really busy. Yeah. If it's before ShipRHQ. Yeah. And I think I then said to you, "What the hell are you doing? Why don't you just come work with webshop yeah. apps, and I'll pay you, mm-hmm. and I'll give you flexi time." That's right. And that's where we are today. That's where we are today. Job done. Yep. Well, that's good to know then. Thanks for coming on board. It's been a wild ride. I've loved it. I do think it's an interesting dynamic because like, um, I don't know how you find it. It's kind of weird, right? That Because well, obviously there's other staff as well. We've always had other staff around us. Like Josh was employee number one before you. Yes, he and was. And still yeah. with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people talk a lot about co-founders and stuff like that. And sometimes I think about it and go, was, is Jen a co-founder? We've never really formalized it, I suppose. I suppose that's because you've always, I would say the work-life balance has been really key to you. Yeah. Yeah. My husband, who we've alluded to, he is another Karen. So he has his own business, very, very busy. So when the kids were really small, we just had no capacity for me to work more than what I ever did. So as they've grown up, I've been able to kind of take on more work and that's been really good. But yeah, he's still... Mr. Entrepreneur in our family. And I don't know how families would cope with two of those, mm. both trying to pursue them, their own separate companies. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's been, that's probably like if you actually sat down and analysed it, it's been the key difference, I suppose, is that come Friday night, you walk away. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. And we've acknowledged that and done that. I think it's, that's been the, the lift that I've taken is not walking away. And then also I think probably looking across the whole business because your focus has been obviously very technical yep. and that side of it. And then obviously I've had to learn how to be marketing sales and everything else in between or around mm-hmm. that side where you, you focus there. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's good? Or would you do it differently? If I was to do it again? I think I, looking back now, I think there's probably more I could have become involved in and and maybe lifted more load off you I at the time I suppose I didn't feel like I had the skill set but I think that's a classic female thing isn't it like you think I'm not an expert in this so I can't do it you know or I'm not going to be any good like self-doubt so yeah I think looking back now there's probably a lot more I could have done at the time yeah but I don't think you were asked to do it and I don't think it was right that you did it and I'm pleased you didn't do it so it's not like I'm saying I wish you to help more I think it's more I suppose, do you wish you'd have played a larger role there or do you think that actually... Because I, I personally think when I look at it that it was what you did was right for you, right for your family and right for where you are now. You I would know? say so. But we didn't really know what we were creating either. No. This monster <laughs> <laughs> craziness that we're now in, which is which is incidentally what... How many sheets of paper are up around this place? <laughs> Pretty much every vertical surface has a taped up piece of paper all over it, <laughs> written all over it. Me and Jenna, I would say you're a big fan of a whiteboard, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of a whiteboard. So I come over here pretty twice a year at yeah. now. Never used to be that much. but And then I, I'd say I'm still doing architectural stuff. And, and getting involved in that bigger picture of strategy and everything else and then drawing that out because obviously I have a computer science degree unlike you so I can do that I'm joking 
That's it, molecular biology. She needs a little bit of help. <laughs> so I come over and teach her computer science. She goes away and, and, and implements that with the team. <laughs> Although I'm looking around now going... <laughs> a bit dicey, I don't see a lot of computer science degrees in here. <laughs> There's a whole lot of coloured squares and lines. Well, I suppose that's also... I don't want to talk too much, but it's worth acknowledging that me and you talk our own little language, that if somebody else comes in, we've definitely struggled with staff members and such like, because we are, we're quite in tune, I'd say, in terms of how we communicate around yeah. technology. I I think so. Do you want to talk to that a little bit? Well, yeah, I, it's difficult to, it's difficult to explain, I think. I guess it's a function of us working together for so many years and I think we think very in a similar way about problems, breaking them down and being quite visual about them. That's why, hence all the charts, lots of pictures and flows and conceptualising things and breaking them down into simple, like breaking a complex issue into simple parts and um, and then working out how to push through that into, like today, deliverables and phases are two favourite words. So, yeah, I think... I mean, there's probably lots of people who can work like that, but a function of us working together so long is that it's become very, very easy. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a problem when we have new staff in sometimes because they'll throw in some what I would call theoretical terms and we'll be like, what the hell are you going on about? Because we're not necessarily talking in the same language. But I think sometimes we get underestimated. I mean, I think that's a female in tech thing. Yeah. Do, do you see that something that you see when, you know, you come to Vegas and stuff with me? Especially, I think it's probably harder for you than me because obviously quite a few people know who I am and then yeah. I only have to mention I'm the CEO and I immediately get some credibility because of that. Yeah. How do, you, how do you find that with people taking you seriously, both both inside work and, you know, news starters and, and outside? There's an unconscious bias, I think, being female and maybe looking quite female that... There's a lot of people who ask me, do I work in sales or marketing? You know, that's fine. I'm I'm not offended by that. It, it is a little frustrating. I suppose I get a bit of mansplaining going on at conferences and things like that. A little bit difficult to kind of push the conversation into more real, like technical or business side. I get a lot of fluff, I think, a lot of polite conversation. But yeah, you just got to push past it and maybe be a bit more brave with who you're talking to and what you say and, and just take a few risks, I guess, and then people might start taking you more seriously. Well, that would be my advice to other people in my situation. Um, and do you do that? Well, I'm trying to more and more, yeah. I'm not the most outgoing person in the world, definitely not, and definitely not the most confident person in the world, so... Yeah, I wouldn't say it's an easy thing, but I th- the more conferences I've been to and the more situations that I get in like that, it gets easier and easier, I would say. And then inside the company, basically I'd say I'd never had a problem. Never never seen that as an issue? No, but I think that's a function of our company. Okay. Because we have a woman CEO that like all those prejudices are instantly removed 
Well, I would say that. I'd say that there's an element of you probably wouldn't come work at our company if you had too much exactly. of Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I do think we have seen it in our company. I do think that there is, and even sometimes I would say even now where you have to justify, you know, why you're making some of the decisions maybe possibly more than you would normally. I, I've only recently started to realise that. I was completely oblivious. And I was very oblivious at Reuters to any form of prejudice. But now when I look back, I kind of go, well, maybe it was there, but I just barged through it anyway. Yeah. So, but it's good that you don't see it, and I'm pleased that that's the case. I yeah. think it's a testament to the team that we've got and everything Definitely. else. That... And a sign of the times. I think times have changed quite yeah. a bit. No, I agree with you. Um, so, what's the, um, in your career, what are you most proud of, like, of what you've done? Like, what, like from a personal perspective, right? Like, ignore the company. Like, what, what's the, what's the pivotal thing? Like, in terms of when you know, you imagine back to like a young Genevieve, like setting out. You decided against being a chemist or whatever. So yeah, I did. I did work as a chemist for a few years, and I loved it. It was just a pivot point. You know, I was moving to London, and uh, it was the tech boom of like the two thousand, early two thousands. Yeah, it was a perfect opportunity. I suppose I was completely naive and just, yeah, I'll give this a go. This sounds great, you know. I suppose looking back, I'm pretty proud of that, you know, invested all that time in a completely different field and then realising actually this isn't for me and I can see this other thing which suits me much more in terms of a work thing. I'm still really intellectually interested in science and particularly like the human sciences, but... Yeah, from a work point of view, this is definitely more for me. And since I've been in Shipper HQ, obviously, is I'm pretty proud of our product. I think it's amazing. I manage, I don't know if anyone, well, obviously I work remote, so I manage a team of people from a remote perspective. That's not easy. And so I'm pretty happy that they're happy and, and that we manage to get things out the door on a really regular basis. The quality is good. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of that. That's good. I think it's. I think you're great. So I'm pleased. I'm just lucky that we we have you on board at Shipper HQ, and I know in the company. I mean, it's weird. Like you're one of those people that everybody likes. Like everyone. There's never, never anybody would say anything uh, bad against Jen. She's uh, she's very well liked within the company. On the on the remote side, like it's definitely a challenge. I mean, I know like sometimes I kind of go please can you move to austin mm. um on a weekly basis yeah yep. and we've worked out that australia is far away from everywhere <laughs> what do you think like are the challenges and opportunities of being remote and then also being like a remote team lead like especially when you're literally your your clock is upside down to ours right it really is yeah um so well for the benefits for me because i'm still quite hands-on you know i still do quite a bit of grunt work you know coding and stuff so as a developer you really relish those periods of uninterrupted time so because I'm on a different time zone to everybody else I get really large spans of time during the day where literally no one else is online and I can just plow through complex problems or you know big banks of work and I think that's a massive advantage some of the challenges I suppose obviously the time zone's difficult we make it work as a company you know our staff are 
nice enough to come in early when we've got meetings so that it's not frightfully late for me. Some of the staff will come online in their evening to kind of connect if they've got questions. I think we've made it work. We do a lot of asynchronous catching up with each other, I suppose, so I'll leave messages throughout the day with the guys and they'll kind of just pick them up when they come online. And I think we make it work. There's definitely issues. You know, it's it's really hard. You, you do sometimes end up with a day's lag and that's really hard. Yeah. But we have yourself and lots of other people in the office who pick up yeah. the slack. And I think the guys are left to their... You know, they, they just have to yeah. get on with it. I think as we've grown, and obviously I've, I've stepped back from engineering, I think what's been interesting is watching the guys get on with it. And mm. them like, they've really had to take the reins, you know, yeah. in, in terms of, you know, running that themselves and learning the processes and, and also the rest of the office. And actually that's quite good for them. Yeah. And it means that when you're online, it's a back to that kind of, you can do productive work and you're not caught up in some of the noise that, mm. you know, we have going on during the day and things like that. Yeah. And I think too, it gives them some autonomy. I, I don't like micromanaging at all, but even if I did, I couldn't, you know, they just, they have their kind of week set out and off they go. You're a pretty good manager. I think everyone would agree than the engineering team. Cause I used to run that team and you actually were kind of working for me in that team that now you run it that they probably all agree that they never want me back as a manager so that's, sure a good that's, and, not true. that's a good and a bad thing really so let's just cover off some tech sites and see mm-hmm. like it's basically this is an interview uh to see whether or not you really know what you're doing <laughs> oh like a job interview yeah imagine you're at morgan stanley okay you come in and i've asked you to whiteboard up no, in terms of Magento, obviously the Magento to one to Magento two transition that was mm-hmm. quite key, I think, for us as a company because you really took over the Shipper HQ extension. I yeah brought that forward. Do you want to explain a little bit about some of your experiences there with that, whilst remembering that we're a Magento partner? <laughs> I love Magento. I don't know why you would say that. Yeah, no, there was definitely some challenges. We obviously tried to jump in and get on board as soon as we could. I mean, we didn't get involved before it was released. Maybe, I'm not sure in hindsight if that was a mistake. We ha- we weren't fully ready to launch when we they launched. We were on the beta. Yeah. What I'm saying is we, we didn't have code complete ready for when M2 went live formally, like 2.0. So I think, yeah, we, but we were still pretty early on and our software is not, not simple. It's not a simple integration. We have a simple version, but to get the full functionality of ShipperHQ is not, straightforward yeah it was a lot of work in there and it was a big shift architecturally from how we'd worked before I think what they've done in terms of moving to a more forward-thinking model is fantastic particularly now like pushing towards the PWA side we're fully on board with that but I would be lying if I said there wasn't huge pain points throughout that process and I I don't think I'm alone in saying that I think the 2.0 2.1 you know, we had clients launching at that time and it was painful for them and it was painful for us. But we're now at the other side of that and I think it's only going to get more exciting, particularly, as I mentioned, the PWA side. I just think it's fantastic. And we're fully on board that approach as well. So, yeah. So when you say the pain points in Magento, like specifically, would you say they're around the back end or the front Checkout. end? Checkout. Yeah. Around the checkout. Yeah. And then is that around the UX or around... Yeah, for our specific use case, we found working within the Knockout JS framework was really difficult. 
She's shaking her head right now. <laughs> yeah, it was really difficult and, and we ended up rightly or wrongly, maybe there's things we could have done differently. It was just really painful. It seemed to me like we were creating a lot of tech debt as well and I'm sure there's things that we could have done better there. We had, what, eight years or so of webshop apps extensions, trying to put all that in ShipRHQ and then get that out to market and a lot of learnings around, you know, both the, the SaaS side and, and the client side and with the Magento upheaval, I think it was a difficult thing to go through. Magento 2 definitely was not easy and I don't, don't think we're alone in saying that. No, and I think there was a learning curve there which we'd maybe underestimated, you know, the had changed and maybe we initially approached it of like, well, we'll just port our extension mm. when maybe we should have gone back and re-architected which is effectively what we've done now with Mm. our new checkout experience do you want to talk a little bit about like how we architected that because that was a result of another perf visit with quentin and alec right it was yeah so um we were telling people i think like how we went about approaching some of that problem yeah so after our experience moving to m2 and and shiprochq is not a magento only solution we are cross-platform so what we were looking to do was reduce our specific code for each platform we wanted to be able to be cross-platform without having to maintain a version for every for every platform so we were looking to build like a modular architecture Um, and so we approached it using react and node and graphql and prisma and we did like a little boot camp so we had alec and quentin karen and myself here in perth more than 12 months ago and we started off with a single piece of functionality which actually wasn't on the checkout it was the view of the order in the admin panel and yeah we just all marked in and built a prototype in about I'm not sure maybe three or four days all new tech to all of us and product what's in production now so I think we built on that knowledge but yeah we, we just started off with tutorials and got a working prototype and went from there it's interesting time because i think it was when quentin wanted still to be a developer do you remember that and i think like day three he decided you know he wanted to be a developer and started looking at sales calls again yeah we there was a there was a pre-run up to it like i think from a like from my side i know i did a lot of research should we use Vue? should we use yeah. angular react and then the graphql and i'd done a few kind of basic basic um, tutorials on it which gave me a little bit of an advantage over you guys but I think we did something like the October or something like that like a yeah. week or something where we, so we both, that's how we decided the technologies like Prisma I think was really quite key in what we were doing that's, yeah. that's the sort of the database abstraction layer which I think is fantastic mm. um, but but um, it was interesting how we approached it like going in like because I think we spent the Friday I think it was a Friday do all doing tutorials on how to GraphQL. Mm. Yeah, like your classic hello world. Precisely, yeah. So we all went through that. So we all basically went through independently in a mm-hmm. way and then kind of helping each other out where where we could or not. Not we're helping each other out. Yeah, letting yeah, letting, letting people die. drown. Yeah, yeah or almost drown. drown. Yeah. And then and then we picked up the pace on the Monday. And obviously we've been coding for a number of years. <laughs> Poor Quentin, really. Yes. When you think back, because we let him drown a little bit. Yeah, we did. And we also had Alana, our amazing designer in the US, on US time. So we would push up some code and she would design the front end for that. And then in the morning we'd wake up and it was ready to go to the next phase. 
Yeah, so she was doing React, and she'd never done React? No. We really knew nothing when we started. Well, it kind of, I feel like we kind of had, I, f- I think we had some of it mapped in our heads. I think it's unfair to say that we started from grand zero, but we definitely, we didn't have a schema. We knew what we wanted to achieve. And then, yeah, it was three days, you know? Yeah. We had a work in end to end. Yeah. Which was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And that is in production now, pretty much. I mean, it looks slightly different yeah. from when we first designed it, but yeah. Which is actually like, we got together in June when I flew over and we did a similar exercise on a new piece of functionality, which we can't really talk about. But there was a major piece of work for us, which when it's released, I think it's going to be a game changer for Shipper HQ. Mm-hmm. And that, we built uh, a working version of that within a week, right? Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. We're wasted in this space. I know. We shouldn't be running around company. We should go and work for Amazon or Google. If you're hiring. In the zoo. In the zoo. <laughs> if you're hiring. Should I tell the zoo story? <laughs> I don't know. The Google zoo story. <laughs> I was telling Jen this Google zoo story, so I'll tell you. Somebody, somebody from my nameless um, and told me this, and it's not anybody in the Magento community. So basically what they said about Google when they worked there was that um, it's a really great place to work but it's it's basically like being in a luxury zoo every day you get up and there's food and there's entertainment and there's sports stuff going on all these different things the thing about it is if you don't want to get up then it doesn't matter because they'll put somebody else in to be the exhibit like that day and you can just lounge around and do nothing because so it's like just like a luxury hotel basically you can't really go outside of it like you're in this space problem is though is that eventually you kind of get fed up of being at the zoo are you allowed to leave the zoo i think you can leave a little bit but you know you're basically tied to it i mean like (laughs) it's like a drug right like you want to come back to it as well yeah but eventually what happens is is you kind of get a little bit lazy you stop going to the gym you get a bit overweight and what you really really crave is like being back on the savannah like you want to be hungry you know you want to be pushed are we the savannah I don't know if we're in a savannah. I think there's been times when we've been in a very empty savannah, but I'm not sure we're there now, but I hope that we're at a slightly better place. But I think we have a bit of that going on, but I think that idea of being in charge of your own destiny, mm. and maybe, like, this is just one person's view on it, and maybe it's not like that at Google, but I definitely felt, I don't know about you, I worked in corporate for, what, 15 years or so. I like the control we have now. I'm prepared to take the risk because I think that freedom that I get to go and graze where I want to graze for me is important and it's not all there for you on a platter you got to work pretty hard yeah and we don't get bored there's no I don't know about you but I want to come to work like I find it challenging challenging yeah. stimulating yeah. yeah sometimes too much like I'll be honest yeah. like I, I like I think some the responsibility is the thing that gets to me it's yeah. just that that overweighing responsibility of the staff and if, I don't like that you know the staff the operations and all that I, I quite gladly get rid of that what would you get rid of the job no just where she hands a notice in. no <laughs> if I if someone could just get a large boat and tow Australia so it was just a bit closer to the US then I'd be really happy because the time zone is probably my biggest yeah. issue but I would say, and I say this to you constantly, like, you're better off out of it, really. Yeah. Crap I have to deal with sometimes. <laughs> you really... I'm not sure I you're allowed her, to say that. I can't say it's my <laughs> podcast. If I want to swear, I can swear. 
it's one of those things like you you don't know what you don't know on there i'd say but then the other side of it is uh i think you you do have the better side of it but you can't see it because you don't see the other side so much but i would quite gladly come and live in australia (laughs) It, it is really nice i mean if you get past the airport and the hire car situation it's a great place to live and i wouldn't want to live anywhere else so no i'm not moving to austin sorry karen (laughs) i think we should probably end it there thanks for coming on thanks for having me thank you